Yeah, well, I love celebrating Senior Sunday, and uh, the only thing that I regret is just not being able to know these uh, kids longer. They're not kids anymore. They're adults. They're going to the workforce. But as we honor them, as we thought about, as I thought about what uh, it is that we would talk about this morning, I, I kind of, uh, we'll get into that in a second, but I just want to say kind of from uh, my perspective, I mean, we just moved here not too long ago, and you have loved us well. You've made us feel at home. You've welcomed us. And so I just want to say thank you for that. We've been here about four to six weeks. I'm not really counting anymore. I don't really know. It's kind of like the point where uh, you're, you're like whatever month old child just becomes a year. You just kind of stop counting at that point. I've hit that point. I don't know what it is, but uh, I've been here about four to six weeks. And anyway, in that process, We've worked to make this place feel like home, and it, it has. It's becoming that way. We've eaten local. We've shopped local. I got my hair cut local. That was a big part for me. It's like I got to find a barber. Uh, I haven't found the lake yet, and that's, uh, I mean, I know where it's at. Uh, I haven't found it. <laughs> I haven't been there. Uh, if you bring me a map later, I will gladly receive it. But uh, I, I'm ready for that, but, but most of my free time has been spent on our house. We bought a house. And in the process of making that home, I've been doing um, some work on it. We've been painting and some other stuff. Uh, and I will tell you that if you want some fun, you need to just change plugs out about 1 a.m. and you're starting to get a little bit tired. When you arc it, it'll wake you up, okay? Um, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. Just don't stick anything into your plugs. But uh, in this process, I've been working a lot. And lots of late nights have been spent where I'm working on our house. And, and I remember telling my wife about a week and a half ago, man, I'm so glad I'm just done. Like I'm, we're finished. We're, we had stuff moved in. Things were painted. Uh, our furniture was put together. And we're pretty good at moving and getting stuff in. And so we, we got it all finished. And I said, man, I'm just so glad I'm done. I'm able to, to now we can put the kids down and I can just go to bed and uh, was happy about that. And I'll tell you that the next day, what happened was I went to Lowe's and Home Depot and now I'm not done. Like I got more stuff to do. You know what that's like, right? Like you're in the process or even in the, if you're not buying a new home or just moving, you know that homes take work and having uh, things to continue to do, it takes work. And like, I think, I don't know what the last guy did that owned my house, but he put a lot of fertilizer or something on it, I guess, but my grass grows like crazy too. So it's like every week I need to be mowing that thing. And so all of these things with my house, like, man, I just can't ever get ahead, I feel like. And I am, it's good. But uh, in this process, you know, having that thought of going, man, I'm just done. I've reached this point, but actually, no, I'm not. And students, you may know what I'm talking about. You may feel like, man, school just never ends. Seniors, you're graduating and you're like, man, it's over. It's done. No, it's just beginning because you're about to go to college. And I thought the same thing. Like I graduated high school, thought I had college. And then when I graduated college, uh, I was like, okay, I'm done. It'll probably get a little easier at this point. And then I went and got my master's. And at that point I said, I'm done with that. I'm not doing anything else. Uh, and I don't know why, uh, but slowly like this thought of like, well, maybe I'll go back has crept in. It's like, I never thought I would say that. Maybe you're like, man, this just never ends. And more than likely, uh, you've experienced this with somewhere or something. Something continues to go on, continues to happen. It seems like it never ends. And if you own a house, you know what I'm talking about, but there's always something to be done. And, and we feel this because it's true. The Bible talks about life and things continually changing. Uh, the earth is fleeting. Things are in decay. 
because of the disobedience that we have, sin, uh, to God, this, this world is decaying, it's dying, things are passing away. And because of that, the world will naturally look less and less like the perfect garden that God created in Eden. Like, man, that's a great way to start off Senior Sunday, right? Uh, it'll get hopeful. But that's the reality of where we live. That's the world that we live in is, is this world that is continually uh, changing and things aren't staying the same and, and things are actually moving more uh, away from this perfect garden that God created. And, and we feel that. From the very beginning uh, of when sin entered the world, we see this in Genesis, uh, the very beginning of the Bible, uh, what was going to happen. There was this struggle, there was curse, there, there was a curse that was there and brokenness that was on the earth. And so because of this, struggle happened and work happened. Uh, and God told Adam and Eve that this would be the case, that they would have to work and that there would be a struggle. And, and things won't just stay the same. Your grass won't stay mowed. And I mentioned that I'm new here. We just moved and, and in conversations with people after we've moved here, uh, just kind of introducing myself and talking about that work typically comes up. And when I talk about Rock Hill and say I'm working at Rock Hill, uh, I just want you to know that there's a great reputation that precedes you. I've heard so many things in conversations about me saying, yeah, I work at Rock Hill. And they're like, oh man, that's a great church. Those are great people. They love the community well. They do things good for the community. And so you have a great reputation that precedes you. And that's awesome. And I will tell you just even in our experience, like you've lived up to that. There, there's some good things happening here. There's growth happening here. There's life happening here. And students, as you step into this next chapter of life and life after school, like, there will be um, some things that you've done here, but you'll have to continue on. Like church, uh, this reputation and what you've built won't continue if you don't continue to love people well. If you don't continue to be a part of the community, if you don't continue to grow spiritually, like that, that reputation won't stay, it won't stick, it won't stay the same. Students, as you step into this next chapter and make your faith your own, it won't grow unless you do something about it. We, we can't expect uh, to just stop and, and kind of find ourselves at a good spot and be done uh, with our Christian walk and our growth in Him uh, or our growth in, with Christ and, and realize or think that it's just going to stay the same. It won't. Things won't continue to go the, the path that they're going unless we... Uh, continue to work on it and as Christians each of us has to continue to grow we have to and it's so important and the Bible says a lot about it but I want to focus in on one part of it this morning in Philippians so if you've got your Bibles you can turn there Philippians chapter 1 we're going to be in verses 3 through 11 we're going to start there in a second but this book Philippians is written by a man named Paul who was an early church leader he was writing in prison at this point but he was writing really to encourage uh, these people and he does some more of that but in the first chapter He's kind of introducing it and then encouraging it, and that's where we're going to start. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you. So what we see right off the bat is that Paul uh, misses them. He, he's thinking about them. He loves them. To think about them makes him happy. He, he's, he's expressing that in this first verse. And then verse 4, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. 
And it's likely this church was supporting Paul in some way. They were sending money, potentially even praying, probably praying for him. Uh, And so they were supporting Paul. And because of that, he's thanking them for it. He had this connection with them. Verse 6, I want you to listen to this. I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. If you, if you underline or write in your Bible, that, that phrase, started a good work in you, uh, is something you may want to underline. But that's an important part for us to catch. Because what, what's being said there is that God has already started something in this church in Philippi through these people that was going on. It's not something that needed to start. It's not something that was going to start or, or would be the case. It was already the case. And Paul is saying this. Hey, uh, this is something that's already been started. He's already started this good work in you that you will carry it on to completion. That you'll continue to do it. That you'll continue to work toward it. That you'll continue to work for it. And so Paul is talking about something that's already started here that he wants them to continue. And then in verse 7 he says, Indeed, it is right for me to think this way about all of you because I have you in my heart. And you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and, and confirmation of the gospel. What's he talking about there? What Paul is encouraging them with, and this was pretty typical of Paul's letters, he would write kind of his encouragement and prayer at the beginning. He's encouraging them that they are living out the gospel. They're, they're living out these things because they're not only partnering him with his imprisonment, they're supporting him and encouraging him, but they're also in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. What does that mean? It means they were living out uh, what Jesus was calling us to and what Jesus has called them to. They were living out the gospel preserving it in their lives. Uh, Matthew 5 talks a lot. You don't have to go there. Matthew 5 says we are salt and light. That's really this uh, kind of picture that we are preserving the gospel to a world that is moving further and further and further away from Jesus. And so in the midst of this, they are doing this right. They're, They're living and confirming the gospel with their lives. And so other people who are in that town of Philippi who who don't know or maybe haven't heard of Jesus are seeing it through these people's lives. That's what's happening. It's already happening. And he says in verse 8, For God's my witness how I deeply miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Similar to like what I've experienced at Rock Hill, uh, there is this reputation that this church in Philippi has that they are, are good, that they not only are good, but they're doing things out of love. They're helping the community. They're loving people well. They're following after Jesus and they're representing the gospel with their lives. That's what's going on. That's what's happening. And they had this history of loving Jesus and this legacy in their community about that. They probably have parents and family members who taught them about Jesus and encouraged them on. Similar to what's happened here over the last 160 plus years. is something that's really good that Paul is encouraging them with. But the interesting thing is about the the letter of Philippians that's different from some some of Paul's other letters where he's writing to churches and he's expressing who he is or or who... uh, his gratitude and and what God's doing through these churches, the thing that's different here is Paul uh, continues on with this. But Paul continues on, and and what he says in verse 9 is because he realized that their relationship with Jesus wouldn't stay the same if they just stopped where they were. Like they had it going good, uh, but they realized, he realized that, man, if they, if they stop what they're doing now, then this will change. In Philippians 1, 9, he says this, and I pray this, that your love will keep on growing. 
And so Paul's encouraging them. That's something that's typical. This is not as typical with Paul's letters. I pray this, that your love will keep on growing. And what Paul knew was if they didn't grow spiritually, then the things that were happening around that church would stop. They wouldn't be. Like we are making the reputation and the legacy of Rock Hill that's going to live on right now. We, we can't live on uh, what's happened in the past. Seniors, uh, you are about to step into this new faith journey that's different uh, than you've been. And, and you can't just live on the relationship with Jesus that you had in high school and think that when you pick up after college or when you get a family or wherever it is that it'll just be the same. It won't. Paul knew this and he said, I pray that your love will keep on growing. So why am I talking about this this morning? Because the world is broken. It's a reality that may not be the most fun to think about, but it is the truth. The world is broken, and if anything uh, is going on, it's actually going away from Jesus, not to Jesus. If the world is just left on its own, that's what will happen. And so why has Jesus, or why has God put us in the world and, and Jesus given a relationship with him so that we can do something about it? And Satan wants to keep your life from being effective for the gospel. And so what's going to happen is growing spiritually will be the hardest thing that you will have to do. It will be the most intentional thing that you will do. Why? Because it will be... Uh, Satan wants to keep this from happening and it'll be far easier to stop growing and live on the reputation of the past for us. Students in college, it'll be far easier for you to live on the faith that you had right now than to continue to grow and build on something. A few months back, we were having some struggles with my son and, and school and situation. He's done a lot better now, but there was, there was a point where we were having some issues there. And I remember picking him up from school one day. We hadn't gotten a phone call, so it had been a good day. And, and I'm just kind of anxious, like, what's, what happened? What went on? What was going on? And so I asked him, hey, uh, hey bud, how, how was your day? He said, well, it was good. And I said, man, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that you had such a good day. And he sits in the back, kind of in his car seat, and he kind of leans back and he goes, Ugh. and I was like, what's wrong? You know, what, what's going on? He said, well, dad, I'm just really tired. And I said, oh, okay, well, why are you tired? Did you not take a nap or did you play hard at recess? He says, dad, it's just hard being good. <laughs> well, he's honest. And that is the thing about him. He will tell you what he's thinking. It's like, well, I guess we hadn't made being bad hard enough, I don't know, but, but it's really hard being good. And man, that's funny because sometimes from the mouth of little ones, there's so much truth because that is just the case. And in that moment, it was one of those deals where as a parent, your kids will say something or do something that's actually pretty funny, but you're not supposed to laugh. And you're not supposed to react in that way. So I'm in the front seat of the car just trying not to turn around and look and trying not to laugh because I'm like, that is so funny and so true, but I don't want to laugh in this moment. But he's right. It's really hard to maintain and further and grow a relationship with Jesus. It's hard. Everything else will be more convenient and easier to do that. But what Paul is saying is we have to. And I think what God wants to say to us this morning, what God may be even saying to you is you have to grow. You need to grow. Because your relationship won't, with Jesus won't stay the same if you stop pursuing it. It won't. The grass will not stay mowed and your relationship with Jesus will not stop 
or will stop. It won't stay the same if you stop pursuing it. And so keep working on growing your love for Jesus. I remember when I first got to college at A&M, just realizing the freedom that I had sitting in my dorm uh, on a Saturday night. Well, man, I can do whatever I want. I can, I can stay up as late as I want because I had a curfew in high school. It's like, that's fine. I can do whatever I want. That was a bad idea that I stopped doing pretty quickly in. But I could do what I wanted. It was also really easy to find other things to do, to sleep in on Sunday mornings or to find other people to hang out with, things to do outside of the church. And we can think, well, yeah, that's a college phase. That's what these seniors uh, are about to enter into or even the workforce if they're going into that. But this happens for us as adults too. And I'm not just saying like it happens for you. It happens for me as well. It's so easy to fill our schedule with other things or to prioritize other things or to have other things uh, pulling our, our direction and our attention. And, and we just don't focus on the growth that, that we're called to as much. I know I'm guilty of that. Maybe you are as well. But your reputation as a church, our reputation as a church won't be the same in five years if we just stop uh, pursuing Christ and pursuing him. You know, the interesting thing about what Paul is writing here in Philippians uh, is he's writing this for a reason. But there's an important reason as to why Paul is writing this. And what was going on is there was some tension in the church and what's happening uh, is Paul knew that if this tension was just kind of left unkempt, that it would grow into something that would split the church. It would grow into something that would uh, just kind of take all of this stuff that was happening good away. And so Paul is writing and encouraging and telling them, hey, you need to continue on growing because this is a really important thing. And the, the kind of the interesting thing about this letter and why Paul is saying this is because it's very clear from these verses that we read that these people weren't stagnant. It wasn't a stagnant church. They weren't just doing nothing. They were doing lots of things. They were representing the gospel. They were defending it and confirming it with their lives. This was a, a growing, thriving church that was doing a lot for their community. But even in the midst of that, what Paul is saying uh, to these people, and I think what God is saying to us, is we've got to continue to pursue and grow in our love for Jesus. It'll be real easy to think, well, we're just doing pretty good and it's okay. It's real easy to, to not think about the other people around you that may not know Jesus in the grocery line or, or that are neighbors or wherever the case may be. It's really easy to find other things to do, not even just evil things, but just other things. Like, you don't have to be doing bad things to not be growing in your relationship with Jesus. And I think so much of the time, that's what we think. Like, I'm pretty good. I'm okay. I'm doing all right here. Uh, but Paul, instead of saying, hey, he is saying, you're doing good and you're okay. But he's also saying, you need to continue to grow in your love for Jesus. And what he says at the end of verse 9 is this. I will pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment. So two ways, Paul's identifying that their love needs to grow. And this word love uh, in the Greek, which is the original language the, the New Testament was written in, is one that points to God's love for us, which then we find our love for God and our love for others in. And so Paul's prayer for these Philippians or these Christians in Philippi would grow in love in two ways, in knowledge and in every kind of discernment. And so as a Christian, your love must continue to grow. It must. It must continue to grow. 
and it should grow. And I love how Paul kind of writes this verse because I'm one that if I just read the first part that said, I pray your love will keep on growing, I go, how? How does that happen? And, and what does that look like? I ask a lot of questions and I think it's rubbing off on our son because uh, he asks uh, more questions than I thought humanly possible. But he's asking all of these questions. And a couple of weeks ago, I, I just started asking him and he started saying this phrase when we ask him, well, why do you need to know that? Like, why'd you ask that question? And I'm genuinely just trying to figure out what he's thinking. But he'll always say, well, dad, I just like knowing a lot of things. I go, okay. <laughs> but I love that Paul says this. He doesn't just tell us to do something. He tells us how and what it should look like. And so he says, not only your love must continue to grow, but your love must grow in knowledge in every kind of discernment. That word knowledge in the Greek, it's something that's describing uh, an understanding, but maybe even beyond our, comp our, our comprehension. And I think what Paul is saying is that our love will grow in a way that's beyond what we can even imagine or understand now. Like there's always more room to grow as a Christian. And I think the thing that, that uh, I've seen, I heard a lot growing up, and I think I'm realizing more now is the more I live, the more I don't know. The more I see, the more I don't know. And that's so true. Like I grew up uh, deer hunting, not duck hunting. And so I didn't know a whole lot about duck hunting when I started uh, going with a friend in high school. And I remember going to Lake Stryker, south of Henderson a little bit. There's a place called Eight Ball and it's a, a big slough and you go kind of back off the slough and it's a real narrow thing. And I just remember him hitting that with the motor full throttle at one point. We were 16, 17, probably not the best decisions, but he was like, just hold on. So I'm holding on and we're running through this swamp and I'm going, man, I don't even know what I'm doing here, duck hunting. Uh, apparently this is good. And so we keep pushing back in further and further and further and we finally get to the point where it opens back up into the swamp the only issue was then we didn't know where to set up and so the more and more we figured out about where this went and the more we saw we realized man we really don't know what we're doing so we had to learn a lot but I think uh, that is really um, kind of a picture of what it looks like with Jesus with our relationship with him the more and more we push in maybe the more and more we see the more we understand but also the more we realize man we don't know and we need more and so there's a, a craving that happens so Paul, I can't think that's where he was going with this second word when he's saying every kind of discernment. Paul's wanting their love of God, their knowledge of God to, to grow in knowledge, to understand it more, maybe even beyond what they can currently understand now, to, to, to grow more. But also what Paul is praying is that this God-like love will grow and that they know it better so that it guides their lives more. So his prayer is that they would grow and understand and get a better picture of this love so that in that their lives would be changed and it would guide their lives more. He answers the question why in verse 10. So that you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and praise of God. And so what Paul is praying is not only that their love will grow to a point where they draw, draw closer to God and closer to Jesus, but also that their love will grow to a point where it influences their decision making. Where it influences who they are and what they are, that they are further confirming and defending the gospel with their lives, like he said, was already taking place. And so love from God guides our lives.
That's why Paul was praying that they would continue to grow in it. It changes us. And as a church, as we continue to press into the love that God shows us, our, our lives will then end up looking more like him. And why is that important? Because again, the world is trending away from Jesus, not to Jesus. The world in itself is going away. And as a church, we can't just stop and live in the reputation that we've built, that's been built for us. We can't just stop here and, and, and just go, okay, we're good. We're at a good spot. Let's just focus maybe in on ourselves or let's focus on something else. It may not be necessarily bad things. But if our primary purpose and goal is not to love Jesus more, then the reputation that we built won't be. Seniors, don't just graduate this month and step into this next phase of your life and just think, well, I'm, I'm good here. Like, I know who Jesus is. I've done all that. I've been to church camp. I've done these things. Because if you wait uh, to pick it up in five or six or seven years, it, it won't be the same. You'll find yourself drifted away from Jesus and so as we think about this, there's a uh, kind of a phrase that's being used in some of the church world right now and some of the scholars that are researching this called the rise of the nuns. It's not Catholic nuns, but the rise of people in our country who would say they have no religious affiliation. Like they, they wouldn't check the box as Christian or, or a certain denomination. They, they would just check no religious affiliation. Uh, I have no beliefs on that. I have nothing, no connection with that. And that number is rising in our country. And I think for me personally, it's easy to, to see and think. I grew up in East Texas. I think that, th man, this is just kind of a, a Bible belt that a lot of people know. Everybody knows if, they, if they're here, they probably heard about it. Maybe they just don't want uh, to have uh, anything to do with it. And I, just, I find myself going, man, I, maybe I just need to respect that privacy or respect that wish. And I think, well, it's probably somewhere else, maybe not in the U.S. or maybe somewhere like California or maybe somewhere like New York. If you're from those states, I'm not trying to offend you. I just did those things. I picked both sides of the country, <laughs> anywhere in between. But I always think, man, it's not here. It's somewhere else, right? Like we can do that as people. It's somewhere else. But this rise of the nuns uh, and people who would say, I have no affiliation with any kind of religion in our county is 33%. I mean, just think about that. If you just take populations in Brownsboro Chandler, that's it's over a thousand people that would say, man, I've got no affiliation with that. And I think so many of the time we can think, man, this is somewhere else. And seniors, you're, you may be going somewhere else. It may be higher where you're at. But regardless, like we, we cannot, uh, or sometimes we can, forget about that and kind of move on beyond that. But why is Paul praying that the Philippians would continue to grow in love so they continue to show the love of Christ to the world around them? But why uh, is, is, I believe, God calling us to this as well, even today, is because 33% of the people would say they have no affiliation with church around here. 33%. And if that's true, which I believe it is, then the only way that we can fix and combat this is through us living this out, Christians living this out. 
Because the fact of the matter is people were turning away from Jesus, not to Jesus. And the people in Philippi were doing this. Church, you've been doing this. Seniors, you've been doing this. Maybe you're coming in a season where you would go, man, yeah, the, the grass has kind of grown. I, I, I just kind of stepped away from the growth. Or maybe you didn't step away from your faith, but things have gotten busy. And maybe through the period of COVID, uh, you didn't go to church as much and you weren't really pursuing a relationship with Christ. Maybe you would go, man, that's been 10 years for me. It's been 10 years since I've really tried to grow. And this morning, you're going, man, the grass has grown and I need to get back on this. Maybe seniors, for you, uh, you just would say, man, I want to make this faith my own. I want to continue to grow. Maybe you would think for your family, man, I want us to continue to grow here. Whatever that is, whatever God may be calling you to this morning, the call is that we continue to press on. We continue to grow in love. And it is so, so, so important. Why? Because the world is moving away from Jesus, not to Jesus. And so if that's where you're at this morning, uh, the altar will be open in a minute. You can come and pray. And maybe the prayer is for you. God, I've been gone or I've been not focused on growth for a long time and I'm ready to focus on growth again. Maybe it's for your family or maybe seniors, it's for this next step. Whatever the case may be, in this moment, I would just ask that you respond to God. Not to me or not to the words that I've shared, but, but to what God said, said to us this morning. That we would be a church who wouldn't just sit on what we've done in the past, but we would be a church that, like Paul is praying for this church in, in Philippians, or in, that we would continue to grow in love. And that more and more people would know who Jesus is because of how we live it out. Let me pray. God, we love you, and Lord, we are so grateful for you. And God, we're grateful for your love, the love that you've shown to us, love you shared with us. And God, I pray in the midst of this moment that you, whatever it is you may be convicting us of, whatever things we may need to do, or maybe it's just kind of refocusing on growing. God, I pray that we do that. Pray for these seniors as they go out that, that you would, um, just like arrows, send them out to go and spread your love and your light in other places to preserve the gospel to preserve your love where it may be dwindling. But God, that's what you have for us here. I pray that we be a people and a church uh, that make that a priority. So God, we love you and we trust you. So let me pray, amen.